morning I wanted to carry on. I don't know if you've noticed, we've been talking a bit about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's been sort of kind of our theme of going. So I'm just going to continue really in that theme. And we're going to be looking at learning to walk with the Spirit. So three things I want to look at today. Living in the realm of the Spirit as Christians. And number two, learning to walk in the Spirit. And number three, let's go on being filled. So if you've got a Bible, please go to Romans uh, chapter 8. This chapter mentions the Spirit more than any other chapter in the Bible. And I'm reading from the NIV, which does a fantastic job of Romans 8. And some of the other passages we'll be looking at. So Romans 8, I'm going to read from verse 5, and I think it's on the screen as well. It says this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Um, I want to please God. I don't know about you. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the, of the body, you will live. Great. So, lots of stuff here. Um, what is Paul saying? Um, what is this realm of the flesh? What is this realm of the Spirit? What's that all about? Well, firstly, it is not about having a sort of sinful, fleshy part to us and a, a good spiritual part to us, okay? That's not what he's talking about here. Um, and it, it, he's, not, he's also not saying that our physical bodies are flesh and they're bad and that, you know, our souls, I don't know wherever your soul is, um, um, that's the spirit, that's the good. That's not what he's saying. Actually, when Paul wrote Romans, most people believe this. They actually believe that when you died, your soul would kind of go to heaven and your, your body wouldn't. Um, that's what most people believed. But if you've read the Bible, then you probably know that we're not, you know, we're not divided into good and bad parts. When God made you, he said it was all good, didn't he? He said it's all good. So listen uh, very carefully. When Paul talks about the flesh, you know, versus the spirit, what's going on here, he's not saying that, that, that there's like an internal war within you between a fleshy nature and a spiritual nature. So what is he saying? And I'll put it on here. Um, when Paul talks uh, about not living in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit, he's not talking about an internal conflict between a good self and a bad self. But he's talking about 
two external powers, the realm of the spirit and the realm of the flesh, which both want influence and control over you. So I hope I've labored the point there. Um, if you remember in our Galatians series, we did talk a little bit about this. Um, we you know where Paul said, when you believe and you were baptized, you were crucified of Christ and died. Do you remember this? Um, Romans 6-7 says, anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And if you're a Christian in here today, you've been raised to brand new life. You're a new creation. Uh, you've got a new heart. You've got new desires. And you've got a brand new identity. That is who you are now. So Romans 6-11, what do you do now? Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So if you're a Christian, I keep saying that, I'm assuming most of us are, um, you don't wake up in the morning and say, right, today I'm going to live in the flesh and not in the spirit. No, Christians don't strive to live in the spirit. It's, it's, it's our state of being. It's who we are now. It's not aspirational, all right? It's normal. You live in the spirit. You're not in the realm of the flesh anymore. In fact, um, verse 9, we just read it. Uh, this is the closest Paul ever comes to actually giving his definition of what a Christian is. He says it's someone who has the Spirit. Um, you're not a Christian unless you have the Holy Spirit. I, I know sometimes, you know, you might have heard people say, you know, they're, they're more of a spirit person, yeah? They're more of a word or Bible person. Um, that's just not true. That's false. You know, if you're a Christian, you should be, of course, a Bible person. Um, but, you, you know, every single one of us should be a spirit person. Yeah, we should be people of the spirit because we don't live in the realm of the flesh anymore. We live in the realm of the spirit. Now, you might be thinking, I've said a few things here. You might be thinking, well, hold on a minute. We're not perfect, are we? We still struggle with sin and temptation and old habits Definitely we do, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying we don't. But these temptations that come at us are part of our old self. That's not who we are anymore, okay? So if there is some sort of fight or struggle within, then, then something's probably not dead yet. Are you sure you actually killed it? It's like if you've, um, if you've ever moved house um, and, you know, you, you go to work or maybe you come to King's house and, and you, drive, you, know, you drive home and then you, and then, and then you, you think, hold on a minute, I, I'm driving to my old house. I, I've moved house. I don't know if you've ever done that. I've done it a couple of times. That's just, uh, that's just me. Um, and so, you know, it's a really bad thing to do at the moment with petrol prices. Um, so maybe I just need to just hurry up and sort myself out. But, yes, yeah, so, you know, I'm driving and I go, oh, hold on a minute. I don't live in that direction. I've moved house. You know, you've moved house, guys. You've got a new home. You don't live there anymore. You're no longer in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit. But the flesh will try, and the realm of the flesh will try and, and vie and have control. It wants, it wants to come back. And, and so these temptations and struggles, you know, they might actually get really close to your new house. They might even, you know, drive and park outside. They might even, you know, knock on your door. But remember, you've got a new heart. You've got new desires. And the Holy Spirit has been poured into your hearts. And so you, you no longer have to submit to those old ways. 
We don't live in the realm of the flesh anymore. We live in this new, beautiful realm of the spirit. So I guess kind of what I'm talking about is spiritual warfare. Uh, That might be a more familiar term maybe to some of us. Again, you know, if we read uh, Romans uh, 6, 7, and 11, it says, says, do not, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, skip verses out, but I've done it. Uh, Do not let sin reign in your mortal body, dot, dot, dot. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin, but rather offer yourself to God as those who've been brought from death to life. That's what we're meant to do, really. Um, The word sin is such a tricky word and concept. The Bible actually has loads of words for sin and loads of different metaphors for sin. And sometimes when we think of sin, we think of it as like an individual sense of like breaking a law or God's law, which is true. Uh, So like Jesus, for example, Matthew 5, 28, anyone who uh, looks at someone lustfully has already committed adultery of them in their heart. That's an example of sin, isn't it? You know, the Bible says, don't do that. That's an example. But we must start to see sin as playing a much, much bigger role in the world. Sin is not just the things we do wrong, but sin is actually a failure to, to live according to God's original plan, his, his original intention. Sin actually goes against our vocation as worshippers of God. So when we sin, right, we're not just doing something bad. We're actually handing over uh, a bit of authority and helping the evil forces in the world, the realm of the flesh, the enemy, all that seeks to uh, destroy goodness. That is why, okay, our purpose of Christians is to bring God's kingdom into the world as the waters cover the sea. And that's why sin must be dealt with. Because there's a spiritual battle happening. There's something's happening. And, and that's why holiness is so important. Again, another one of those words, sin, holiness. It comes with a lot of baggage. Sometimes when we, when we hear the word holiness, we might think, I don't know, we, if, if you have a pictures in your mind, you might think of like a nun or a monk. Or, you know, um, it might sound boring or it might sound like holiness is one of those words that kind of takes the fun out of life. Um, that's not holiness, right? Proper biblical holiness should free you to actually have more fun and to actually enjoy life more than ever. Holiness isn't something we earn. It's something we get to be part of. Um, holiness is not, hey, here's loads of rules. Now follow them. No, no, no. Holiness is now that you and me are part of God's kingdom family, this is how we live now. Uh, and this is the way we think, and this is the way we live our lives. Um, we're, we're all different, aren't we? You know, um, but according to James 1, we're all enticed and drawn to different sinful things. Um, but 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 through to 8, God did not call you or me to be impure, but he called us to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Uh, some more verses here, Romans 12, 9. Each and every one of us must hate what is evil, cling to what is good. 1 Corinthians 14, 20. When it comes to evil, I want you to stay as babies, right? And as difficult as newborns can be, they're not experts on evil, right? They're just not. No matter what you think, 
Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let these things consume your mind. That's holiness. Holiness means, you know, in all that we do, say, think, read, consume, watch, tweet, whatever, in all of this and more, goodness, right, goodness should be our benchmark. We should want to think about and meditate on good things, things that are kind of awe-inspiring and bring glory to God. That means that we shouldn't really want to spend much time consuming hateful and destructive content. Um, Sometimes you're watching a program and it's mostly good, right? But there's a couple of dodgy bits. I'm not the only one. Come on. You watch these programs too. You know, sometimes actually, you know, you have to put up with a bit of bad to get to to the good. That's absolutely fine. I mean, the Bible's got a lot of dodgy bits in it after all, hasn't it? Um, There's no, by the way, there's no law here. Okay, Paul didn't give a list of like programs you can and can't watch on Netflix. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't give us that list, sadly. Um, and you know what? This is why the Holy Spirit is so important. The Holy Spirit is the one who guides us and moves in us and, and helps us and instructs us. And so that means that being a Christian is not, you know, I'm a Christian now, so um, I can't swear, can't smoke, can't, I can't get drunk. I can't gamble, I can't do drugs, and so on. I mean, that's just common sense, right? I know, I know a lot of people who aren't Christians who, who just realize that's just common sense. And, and oh, don't get me wrong, Paul occasionally um, tells people not to do stupid things. Um, but right now, you and me, we, we follow the law of the Spirit. Paul says this in Romans 8 too. And because we're in the realm of the Spirit... This, this spirit will, will want to sort of seek and change and transform us in deeper ways than we ever could have thought or imagined. Far, it goes far beyond whether I should watch this program or not. No, the spirit's got real work he wants to do in our lives. Um, having said all, all of this, okay, and this is it's important, I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes all of this takes practice, doesn't it? It, it takes practice and obedience to learn how to live life like this, to to live life in the realm of the Spirit. It takes practice and obedience to learn how to resist these temptations of our old life, of our old nature. It takes practice. And and one of the metaphors Paul uses, okay, to describe this learning is the image of walking. Um, We find this in Galatians Paul says, he says essentially a couple of things. He says, Galatians 5, 16 and 17, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Then in 525, he says something different. He says, live by the spirit. And then he says something else. He says, let us also keep in step with the spirit. He says three things, live Keep in step with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Three different things here. Um, Live in the Spirit is our new status in Christ. Keeping in step with the Spirit. I love that. Keeping in step with the Spirit is kind of like following the footprints of the Spirit. Okay. Paul's challenging us. He's saying, um, are you following the Spirit, you know, in terms of his leading and guiding? Can you see what the Spirit's doing? Not just, you know, in you, but in the church. 
in the world around you? Can you follow? You know, as a church, you've got this vision of, of new communities. Are you, are you, did that shock you? Or were you following the footsteps of the Spirit, what the Spirit was doing? Uh, and, then, and then there's walking in the Spirit, which refers to how we practically live. Um, what ways uh, can we make it so that the Holy Spirit is, is our only source of life? Uh, because walking in the Spirit is the only thing that can help us to live life, uh, a life that resists evil and, and glorifies God. But, okay, the thing about walking, as I've just mentioned, is that you have to learn how to do it. You have to learn how to walk. At this present time with, with our daughter, Iris, she's uh, really close to learning how to walk. And uh, she can't quite sort her balance out yet. And, and she keeps you know, getting frustrated. Uh, yesterday, we went to Dunham Massey. And uh, this is, yeah, this is uh, me and my daughter, Iris. And um, as you can see, you know, what happens is um, she takes my hands and she kind of puffs out her chest. And with loads of authority, uh, an unbelievable confidence, she, she moves her legs back and forward uh, and she, she thinks she's walking, <laughs> right? But if, if I let go of her hands, which I didn't do here, uh, she, she'll fall over. Um, she's learning how to walk. And one day, she won't need me to stand behind her and hold her hands. Um, you know, as a parent, I naturally just celebrate, you know, want to celebrate every new stage that, that Iris achieves and attains. But if Iris is um, trying to walk and say that she slips over or falls, I don't mock her and say, you know, that's not walking. You call that walking, Iris, please, you know. You know, I, you know let me know when you're actually walking. You know, no, no, I don't do that. That's cruel, isn't it? <laughs> I shout Charlotte and I say, look, she's walking. And I get my phone out like I just did, you know, and I, I take videos, I encourage her, and I say, well done, keep walking, keep moving, keep going, you can do this. It takes time to learn how to walk. Um, we're all walking together with Jesus, aren't we? But we're all on different parts of the journey. And sometimes it's easy and tempting to judge not only our own progress, but the progress of others. You know, we might hear other Christians say something dodgy and, you know, we might see them stick something on social media and we might think, you know, should they really be putting that out there? You know, that's not walking. Look at them stumbling about. Call themselves a Christian. You know, th there's a time for um, and a place for rebuke. And please don't get me wrong. But let us celebrate each other, the small steps that were taken. Let's encourage one another um, as we walk in the Spirit. You know, let's not put our expectation on other people's. You know, we might not always feel like there's, there's much progress in our own lives. And we might not feel, um, you know, like we are even walking. But, you know, God, okay, when he looks at us, you know, he, he doesn't say that's not walking. He doesn't say you call that walking. No, God, he's our father. 
And, you know, we might be stumbling about and, and trying to figure this all out, but he's celebrating, and he's saying, you know, look at my son and my daughter. They're walking, right? They're really walking. Uh, I wanted to kind of, you know, as Christians, you know, we, this, is, this is who we are. And I wanted to kind of end with a, a couple of practical ways which we can continually uh, be filled and walk in the Spirit. And Ephesians 5 is great because it gives us some of these ways. Um, so from verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. That's continuously. Be continuously filled with the Spirit. You know, in other words, don't overindulge or be reckless with wine. Um, you'll get drunk. Nothing wrong with wine, just don't overindulge. Being filled with wine and being filled with the Spirit is a, is a little clever contrast Paul's doing here. But ultimately, Paul could have used any other example, and the principle would have been the same. You know, don't consume five hours of TikTok or Instagram reels, which leads to debauchery, recklessness. Oh, unless it's your job. I know there's people in here, who, that's, that, that's their job. Abby, I, you know, there are people. I'm not, if that's your job, that's fine. Um, Nothing, there's nothing wrong with Instagram and TikTok. These, you know, there's nothing wrong with these things. Um, but you can have too much of a good thing. Um, so, so what's Paul's point? It, if you're going to be reckless and overindulge, overindulge with being filled with the Spirit. Be reckless in that area. Give yourself to that more than anything else in life. When we decided to follow Jesus, he entered into our hearts and we received the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. But we see throughout the New Testament, believers are filled multiple times. Okay, there's, there's a multiple filling and only, only one receiving, but multiple filling. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is not necessarily about getting more of the Holy Spirit, right? As silly as that sounds. It's actually about letting the Holy Spirit get more of you. Right? That's what it's about. So let's carry on reading. Paul says you can do this by verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms. The psalms, okay? A beautiful book. But the Bible in general, right? You know, if we read the Bible, that's one of the ways that we're saying, God, fill me with your spirit. Reading the Bible regularly. Hymns, okay? Singing songs. We just did it. I don't know about you, but I was singing it and I felt... I felt filled with the Spirit, you know? And we can do that on a regular occasion. Uh, hymns, I've said that. Songs from the Spirit, okay? Spontaneous singing from within. This even includes speaking in tongues, okay? An important thing that we can do as Christians. That fills us with the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to include that because it all sticks on that one be filled. It all hangs on that one word. Gratitude and giving thanks fills you with the Spirit. Yeah? Don't take things for granted. Continually say what you're grateful for. It will fill you. But most importantly, um, all of this happens in a church community. Being together, singing songs together, praying together, reading the Bible together is the context which we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul doesn't give us like an exhaustive list here on how to be filled with the Spirit. There's loads of other ways. 
And that, but, but this kind of helps us, kicks us off, gets us going. Um, as followers of Jesus, our old selves died, important, but we've been raised to new life. We no longer live in the realm of the flesh with its dark forces, which seeks to warp God's good creation. We live in the realm of the spirit, and we've got an obligation, right, to resist our old man, our old self, and live in the spirit. And we do this through walking. And sometimes we might fall and stumble, but we keep encouraging one another, and we keep going. Um, we've only kind of scratched the surface, which is fine. Um, but if you're in Connect, again, another way to be filled continually with the Spirit. Um, if you're not doing anything this week, Connect leaders, I'm sorry if you've got a big, massive Bible study planned. But, um, you know, th- here's something optional that you can maybe do this week. So um, it's kind of like a little bit extra. So three, three things I'd love you to discuss. Um, other than what we just read in Ephesians 5, 15 to 20, what other ways can we continually be filled with the Spirit? Okay, so have a good discussion about that. Secondly, what are some of the ways the realm of the flesh seeks to entice us? And then, and then thirdly, um, what are some of the things you have had to lay down or kill um, which have hindered your personal growth? Is, is God calling you to lay down anything else. Cool. Well, that's just, um, it'll be a good to, to discuss that in your connects, and hopefully you'll have a wonderful discussion. But I um, thought it'd be good to pray together, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll call it a, a day. Um, let's pray then, shall we? Yes, God, thank you so much for being with us um, this morning. Thank you for our time together, worshiping you and, and being together as your people. We just, we think about all that we've heard and, and, and you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to concentrate on, listen to someone talk for a, a period of time, God, but we pray that there's certain things that you've really spoken to us and touched our hearts. Um, we, we pray, God, that your help is this week in our connects or in, 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 in whatever in whatever um, format you, you have us, God, and whether that's at home by ourselves, reading the Bible, whatever it is, God, we, we pray that you'll start to speak to us more and more about living in the Spirit and what that means for us as Christians. Even now, God, as we, as we sing a response song, I pray that you'll start to fill us, fill us afresh with your Spirit, empower us, help us, God, and right now as we, as we come and worship you. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, guys.